<sighs> hey gang, just in time for Christmas. Baby Yoda beanies, only at ModedStudios.com. ModedStudios.com. They got Wu-Tang patches. They got Bart Simpson patches. They do custom work, and they're always updating their website. ModedStudios.com. M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Go over there and buy some shit. Now on with the show. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is the boys from Three Too Many. I got a chance to go into their uh, rehearsal space, which is just Kurt's house. In, in his spare bedroom. Uh, we got to chat it up, learned all about uh, the guys in the band, how they got together, and, and, and their brand new album, Juice Time at the Old Folks Home. Uh, I, I, I'm loving the album, and I'm loving that they made me buy a hard copy because I couldn't stream it on Spotify. You know what? Go support your local artist. Don't just say you're going to listen to it on Spotify because that's the mistake I made. Like an asshole. And I was arrogant about it too. I was just like, why is it on Spotify? This is absurd. I should be hearing it for free, basically. <laughs> so uh, I, I did end up buying a hard copy, but I, I do not regret it at all. Uh, the original artwork by a local artist here, Andrew Ellis, and also a friend of the show. He was he uh, he was back in the 100s when we were still in the 100s. So go check out the Andrew Ellis. Also, Asa Danikin was a previous guest as well. So go find that. I guess I should have been a good host and found out what episode numbers these were but I'm, I'm not i'm not that great of a host so <laughs> so we're gonna get to them in a second but first go to rainamystique.com r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com and check out our latest work it's 1018 i had the honor of penning a few of the songs alongside my gorgeous beautiful wife and uh we're really proud of it and we think you'll like it too so go check it out 1018 and while you're on the website go to the experience tab click on that thing and find out where me and my wife will be doing our acoustic soul duo around the toledo area uh also go to wespeakenglishgood.com and check out that thing that's there it's doing stuff uh follow me on instagram at we speak english good uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of the Instagram now because I, I kind of found a direction with it. I'm doing these tutorials that I'm having a good time with that are helping me grow as a musician. And hopefully you can uh, uh, get something out of it as well. So go and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at We Speak English Good. Write the show at We Speak English Good at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing, what you're thinking, or if you're unhappy in life in general, you can just write me. I'll write you back and I'll read it on air if you want. Uh, you can also leave a review on iTunes. You can uh, leave a comment on uh, SoundCloud. You can leave a review on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast, leave a review. It helps us uh, for whatever reason. Well, well, I know what the reason is, but the algorithm 
We're just blaming it on the algorithm. The algorithm, uh, it helps uh, make us findable. So if you go do that. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'm actually really happy about this episode because Three Too Many, not only are they friends of mine and I play with them every once in a while, but um, uh, uh, this is our first live performance on the show since fuck dude before the 100th episode when i was still in san diego so i'm really happy that we were able to do a a live performance so stick around we play a couple songs off their new album and they do a special live performance at the end of the show so uh stay tuned have fun and I'll, i'll catch you on the other side joke you went to a strip club in kentucky and there was just to make tea the family reunion (laughs) 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 so wait what are you guys doing in kentucky or party tomorrow or or tomorrow thursday thursday yeah which doesn't make sense if you listen to this at any other time no tomorrow uh we're heading down to oh yeah this comes out tomorrow Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Oh, yeah, all right. Gatlinburg, Tennessee <laughs> for a uh, songwriter's workshop at the old Gatlinburg in... What does what that, inqu- that inquire? What does that inquire? What a stupid asshole. What does... <laughs> What is that? What do you... What, is, what does that entail? Yeah, thank you. Put your pencils Jesus. and paper. <laughs> uh, Can we get a different interviewer? Great. <laughs> 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 oh, great. Oh wow! Uh, it's it's a group of songwriters from all around the country. Actually, you get some people from pretty far out that all gather, and we do um, group songwriting sessions. And there's it's hosted by Fish Fisher. And then this year there is a, a guest presenter. I want to say it's Emmy Sunshine, but I'm not entirely sure if that's true or not. Um, but yeah, they'll be doing some workshops on songwriting and guest presenting as well. So you guys are going to be teaching people how to write a song? Uh, what? You can talk, Josh. You don't have <laughs> no, to do it. No, Josh is over here Was that at Alice? Oh, no, the monkey? No, no I never noticed that before. That's really cool. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're admiring art during the, this important... I'm not listening to Ace's A, a bit of information that Ace's... Man, man, Okay, 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 fine. But, you know, who gives a fuck about what you're doing in Tennessee? Just Chasing bears. Just clean Chasing that bears. up in editing. That's all. Just Chasing metaphorical editing. bears around the town, you know. But, but I'm, just, I'm just curious, like, what... You're teaching people how to write songs? Like, what, No, for the most part it's broken up in across three days and then there's different time schedule throughout the three days where people will be separated into groups and i don't not even given a prompt you're just put together in a room with songwriters and told to come up with something oh and then you play it at the end yeah, of and the- then at the end of the usually at the end of the day and then also um at the end of the three or four day event there is a uh, showcase at one of the bars across the street from the hotel <laughs> jesus christ i see how this is gonna go why don't we start over here with the fucking with the bit thank you asa uh-huh we got we got josh over here because t- mark's making fun of me that's all i'm sorry well what were you saying mark what did you, what did you say to josh i didn't have to say anything 
This is what our gigs are like. The yeah, it kind of is. It really is. Just just because I've had, I'm with Three Too Many, by the way, and, uh, we're with the boys from Three Too Many. Hi. They they got a new album out called Juice Time at the Old Folks Home, which is on sale now. Which 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 I found out you guys are almost sold out of your first batch. Yeah, we had to reorder the other day, so we got some coming in fresh, hot off the presses. Yeah. But are you guys gonna try to do some uh, uh, some wax? You think you're gonna spend the money for wax? We'd like to. Is that has that been a conversation? We'd you guys to. can say yes. yes. You don't have to we, shake we, your head. To. No one can hear you shaking your can head. You, can you hear this? <laughs> hear all the I've had as many as two people <laughs> ask me for coming out with two. Wax. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, well, <laughs> the demand's there, so you might as well drop five thousand dollars for fifty of them. Fifty of them. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I mean, we'd all love to, but we can't afford it at this point. We gotta sell a few more batches of CDs first. I think. A few more batches. Look at this yeah. guy. He's. <laughs> I've gotta sell a few more. How how has it been going? Has people been coming to the show to get them, or just people that are there, just like I gotta get this shit? Both. Really? Yeah, we've seen it where it's been, you know, us playing one of our original songs that somebody, oh, that was great, comes up and buys it right there on the spot. Yeah. And also people that we know that specifically came out to see us and. And buy the CD. So that's that's fucking awesome, man. It is. I mean, cause, cool. well, I mean, if you guys have never seen, which you know, most of the people that listen to this probably have never seen you guys live. But um, if you haven't seen them, there's videos. Three too many. Uh, but but it, it is like it's you guys are a four piece. Uh, you don't have a drummer, and it's mostly it's mostly strings. <laughs> it's all strings, and yet you guys will be. You guys will fucking tear a house down. Like, I've seen you guys just fucking um, just own a room. Just like a room that was fucking, not dead, but then just like come in and just fucking just turn it on. And you guys have this huge sound that, that fucking, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys feel like you successfully uh, captured that huge sound on the album? Yes. Oh, yeah. I that, think so. Yeah, the I'm album's, magic the the album's pretty in-depth. And we um, tried to record as much of it in a live setting as we could, but being able to go back in, because we're all multi-instrumentalists, um, except for Kurt, he just plays different guitars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that qualifies, I believe. I mean, <laughs> technically. <plays> multiple instruments. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're all guitars. But, but Josh, Josh got to lay some hand drums down on the track which is usually something we don't let him do <laughs> I got a bad reputation because I got a jingle foot man. you got a jingle foot I got a jingle foot what is that what is a jingle foot I have a little uh, tambourine that snaps <laughs> on my foot it's a shame you don't have it with you tonight yeah. oh yeah well see, it pisses these guys off because I have a consistent steady rock style you could set your anatomical clocks to my metronomes foot metronomes have nothing on two and four Okay. That is not how you do it. You just go like this. On the one and the two and the three. I play to the song is what I do. Yeah. To taste. 
I, I, yes, you season with jingle foot to taste. <laughs> there you go. How, I, I, <laughs> those things are intensely Dump a whole hard. bucket of that shit. Right out. Out. <laughs> In fact, I took a couple of the jingles out of my jingle foot just because it was, it was a little jingly. too much. It was a little too jingly. I believe yeah, the last time jingly. the jingle foot made an appearance, I stepped on his foot in the middle of the song to get him to stop. Thus playing. removing some of the jingles, which was a good thing because it was like brought it right down to where it should be yeah, in the a mix. Little, you know? little too jingly. And, no, the, the, I think the reason why I went and got one is because I saw you struggling with it one day. I was like, hey, if this guy can struggle with it, kid, what I can struggle with it. It's like, and boy howdy, do I struggle. Um, no, I just found it pieces actually next to where my son was playing and I was like what happened that's, to this that's a thing with with jingle foots man they you play for a pieces. couple times and then all of a sudden you find them in pieces <laughs> <laughs> like when your bandmates step on them yeah. yeah you know or when your son stomps on them jingle foot's best you know left in the package at the store Oh, <laughs> they're only like ten bucks. I can't continue with this conversation. <laughs> I gotta get out. Of here. Josh has left. So how? So on a scale from one to ten. Ten. Okay, thank you. Uh, Josh, I would like to start with you. What What is your lineage of music? Uh, do you have a lineage of music? I would say. Uh, do you have it running in your family? Do, did you grow up with it in your house? Or, or were you the guy who just sort of found it on your own and no, you were the black I mean, sheep and everyone hated you because you were a musician? No, that's now. That's, <laughs> everyone hates me for a different reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, my dad had a guitar. He had an, an old Aspen, which is a knockoff of a Gibson. It was a Hummingbird model. So it had a little Hummingbird on it. Mm -hmm. And it was the neck was warped and the strings were rusty and they were probably, you know... 28 gauge strings they're huge you know they're like steel cables yeah and I just like when I was probably I don't know 10 or 11 I picked it up and started playing it before that I played violin in school oh think, okay you know when I was growing up a lot of kids had to play an instrument so I chose stringed instrument and ever since then I've been kind of enamored with string instruments I mean, yeah. if I give me a couple an hour with any stringed instrument I think I could figure it out well enough to perform with it at that point so somewhat trippingly but right right but you can get you can get notes yeah, i can get yeah i can find the notes yeah but no before me i, mean, I don't really think many people played in my family so my your dad, dad just had bit. your dad played a little bit and he had a guitar laying around yeah i mean i think just, a lot of people just had a guitar in their house yeah i kind of took it and ran with it right and, and uh, then violin what how, how far did you take that i played violin for Eight years? Do you still have Seven? one? I do. I have the violin I played when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but it's a half size. Oh, and it was perfect when I was that age. But when you're half size, yeah. yeah. But now it's. I mean, I could brush <laughs> it with one hand. I I can't play it anymore. Oh. I just kind of gave up on it. No. Oh, I know it's. I, mean, I feel bad for your lonely. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> what about you, Mark? What do you do? You have a lineage of music in your family. You got oh boy, here we go. Uh -huh. <laughs> Strap in, fellas. Here we go. <laughs> uh, there was always music in the house. Yep. Um, I grew up around five years old, uh, taking piano lessons. I started over at Penguin Music for all the locals listening to this podcast, and they started me on electric piano to build strength. And then I wanted to play organ. I thought playing organ and using your feet different um, 
keyboards all at the same time. Where, where you, did you grow up, uh, like, going to church and stuff? Or? Yeah, I was a, a church kid, you know. I'll, you hear people talk about they learn music in the church choir and all well, that. Well, I, I was just curious because you said organ, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't see... I, I just don't see young kids just, like... Being an Emerson Palmer or something, you know, just like, I just want to fucking... I'm sure I guess it, Emerson Palmer's more... I'm sure it happens out there somewhere, but in my case, yeah, I'd watch the church organist go to town and... And you'd be like, that's pretty cool. It was. Uh-huh. It was mesmerizing. So I did that. I fell off of lessons uh, a couple of years later, as most kids do. Yeah. And then uh, I came home from school one day and I heard this squeaking in the basement. It was my dad trying to play his Harmony Sovereign. Squeaking up and down the acoustic strings. You know, I was like, what's that sound? The first time I heard a guitar live. So I go down there and I'm watching him play guitar and I thought, well, that's pretty cool too. Yeah. So um, when my hands got a little bigger, I picked that up. How old were you? When I started playing guitar, Mm -hmm. about 13. 13. Went back over to good old Penguin Music, got my first guitar. Oh. um, Is Penguin still a thing? It's not, no. It's a bar now, but... Is it was it a good great bar? Local, local music store. Right. And started playing guitar, and then I started noticing the bass and bass players and the versatility of the bass as an instrument. And uh, borrowed one from a friend in high school and fell in love with it basically in high school, maybe my junior or senior year. And I had a bass. I had guitars. I never got a chance to play out with anybody. Um... There wasn't the social media connectivity right, and everything. Right. And then I, about, I don't know, three, four years ago, heard about Josh's open mic night. I figured oh. I'll dust off my guitars and or my bass and head out there and make some noise. What, what was your, uh, where was your open mic night, Josh? A Parkway Pub and Grill. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And how long ago was that? I started doing that in 2015. Oh, wow. And you, that's no longer, you're not doing that anymore. Oh, no, I'm still doing that. Oh, you still do? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Just keep it on the download. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want anybody showing up. <laughs> I don't want anybody showing up and <laughs> wanting to play music. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I did, what day of the week is that? It's like Thursdays. end up in a band with them, you know. It's Thursday. I've been doing that for, wow, my, almost five years now. In February of 2020, it'll be five years I've been doing that. Okay. You still get a steady stream of people coming in? Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of regulars that come in, but... Do you guys all go down there, or are you just once in a while? Yeah. As much as we can, or I can, anyway. Yeah. I see a steady stream of new faces and old faces. I mean, mm. a lot of regulars that come in and play, and it's always a fun time, you know? It's a good way to stretch your fingers and yeah. stretch your imagination. Yeah. You no, your... no constraints, you know? Yeah. Maybe some judgment. But no, oh, lot, lot, lots of judgment, yeah. <laughs> lots of just nothing but judgment, right? If you're if you're a beginner, don't even show up because Josh will just show no, no, no. I mean, they <laughs> just they all judge me. Oh, the beginners judge else. Yeah, they just wow, you suck. Can you stop doing this? I mean, I know you host it. I mean, five years yeah, long enough. Do you get? And yet, he still a, brings the jingle foot. <laughs> and the jingle. I don't bring jingle foot anymore at all. Actually, no, no, I, I've been shamed. This conversation's getting sad. Folks, there's <laughs> tears rolling down his cheek. Send your thoughts and your prayers. Yeah, I... I you, Heavy really? sighs and tears. You can't see it, but believe me, I'm wiping them away right now. So is that how you met Josh then, when he was running his open mic? 
Uh, more or less. Yeah. I've seen Josh play out with his band uh, a few times. Oh. Local bars. The 815. I had an old band named the 815. The fabled 815. The yeah. fabled. No, no, they were real. We were infamous. <laughs> the infamous 815s. <laughs> Not fabled. What was it? What, what kind of music? Oh, we played everything. We had originals. We actually released a CD of original music and a lot of originals that never got to another album, but we would do anything literally in one set. We would go from Johnny Cash to Metallica to Rage Against the Machine to like. Blue Oyster Cult. Ides of March, uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Wait, I mean, so anything. Wait, were you playing electric for this? Or were you yeah, playing? yeah, I was playing okay. electric. So, so it was a it was a departure from it was a big departure from Three to Many in that band. It wasn't like oh, yeah. it wasn't it was, like it flowed right in. It was like yeah, it was it was a, a non stop in your face kind of rock and roll experience. Four guys with instruments just beating the hell out of your ears. What was the setup? <laughs> Uh, it was me on lead. Uh, I sang most of the songs, so it was lead vocalist and lead guitar and rhythm guitar. Uh, I had my friend Isaac Snyder playing rhythm and lead, mostly leads. Um, we had a lot of drummers and bass players. Mm. So it was I mean, you two, and then and then you guys. Have... Well, my friend Chaz and I started it. He was the bass player, and we were just a duo. But then we kind of branched out. We got a drummer, we got Isaac, and then. As the years rolled on, a couple of uh, cast changes in there, but we we had a lot of fun. What was your what training? Was what was your training, Jazz? We'll get back to you, Mark. I didn't forget. Oh, that's right. What was your training with uh, like guitar? Uh, at first, it was just self-taught. I mean, I hardwired an amplifier into my parents' stereo <laughs> so I could play along with the <laughs> albums <laughs> that I was jamming on. That's a good idea. Um, that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I got lucky. They had a really nice stereo system when I was growing up. Um, and I took some lessons at Valley Music for maybe a year, and I stopped doing that. And then I just kind of went off on my own for a while. I, I took about a year and a half at the University of Toledo mm -hmm. with a fabulous guitar teacher, Jay Wyke. Um, learned a lot from him and from my peers. And then stopped doing that. and. You went to school with the uh, the young lady from um, Amelia Earhart's, right? Oh, yeah, Megan. the guitar, the lead. Mm -hmm. yeah. what's, what's her name? Carrie. Carrie. No, or Megan. Megan. Megan, Megan Leslie. Yep. She's she's fucking phenomenal. She's a great guitar player. I great just, guitar player. We just, uh, me and there, there was a lot of great people in that class. Yeah. I mean, Jay Ronquillo, Megan, uh, John Rice, Peter Karchenko. Uh, I mean, just a ton of great talent in, in the class. Or the years that I went there, so I was really lucky to meet a lot of those people. What were you studying in college? Uh, I was studying. I was going to be a music teacher. Oh, like grade school is what I was aiming at to try and get other kids interested in music. Oh, that's nice. But it was easy, you know. You just hey, here's a wooden block. Hit that. <laughs> not 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 on his head. On his head. Just with another wooden <laughs> stick, you know. Yeah, beat the shit out of this and make some noise. Yeah, kids love that. But you know, life gets in the way, and things change, and things happen, and you know, I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. So wait, what do you do? What what's your day job? I don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay, no problem, Mark. Anyway, <laughs> what's your training, Mark? Well, I mentioned organ lessons and church choir. Right, that's pretty much it. That was and it, and then everything else is where several, you're at now. Several music theory classes and instruction from various teachers, mm -hmm. but nothing formal like college or anything like that. Right on. Do, do you, uh, 
Do you still uh, do you still actively play in church at all, or are you um, just... no? I, w- I was active up to a couple of years ago, yeah. um, and like Josh said, life changes. Yeah. So you uh, stop believing God. Turn my back on Christ. What are they talking about anyway? <laughs> um, no, three too many occupies so much of my time. <laughs> Um, you just don't have time <laughs> for the Lord anymore. Yeah. And that's all the time we got from Mark. <laughs> Kurt! Yeah. And, uh, no, it's going to turn into a pillar of salt right here during the interview. Um, no, I'll be all right. I think so. Because God doesn't exist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I, so, so you... <laughs> So your training is minimal, but where you're at is, but what, like, what do you, uh, I mean, like, how far did you go on your own? Do you like, like know all your scales and like, do you know, theory pretty well, or can you read? I know roughly 60 to 65% of what Josh knows. (laughs) Okay. And you can hear it on the album. I don't Uh, believe that. It really comes through. I consult Mark on a lot of things. Because he's got a great ear, and you know, thirty-five percent. This training, the past, <laughs> this training in the past few years has been the school of going out and playing with people, which mm-hmm. is the most important thing you could possibly do. Playing all sorts of styles and genres with anybody you can. And that's, that's been my I mean, biggest growth lately. And starting after I started going to open mics, um, I had friends, well, and now family that would play in bands around the area. And I'd be able to sit in for a couple songs or maybe even a whole set, watch what they're doing and play along and adapt and change. And that was changed my rigid, I guess, rigid playing style mm. from, you know, you play in front of your dresser, right? yeah. you know, to a, an audience. And yeah, so we changes, learn how to adapt, really. Well, it changes everything. I mean, there's mm. a huge difference between being a bedroom player and someone who's playing in front of people regularly. You know, like the dynamic changes so drastically because in your room, you just it's just you and your guitar, and mm. you fuck up. Who cares? Out in front of people, you're fucking up. It, it matters. I mean, most of the time, people don't fucking know or they're too drunk to care. But yeah. It, but you know what I mean, like there, when there's eyes on you, all of a sudden there's adrenaline involved. There's, there, there's more to it. There's lights blinding you sometimes. Right. Like sometimes you don't have monitors. Sometimes you can't sometimes hear. Sometimes you got a keyboard player with a foghorn on this. Sometimes you have that, so you can't even hear yourself fucking think. Um, and all you can hear is the hateful thoughts that you're projecting towards the keyboard player. Um, How'd those get into the microphone? <laughs> but but the dynamic this guy. <laughs> the dynamic changes a lot, and I think that is a good point that that John brought up. Is like if, if you are someone who's sitting there, and you're like, and you can't get over a hump, or you you just not connecting with your instrument it's just not making sense get out there go to an open mic meet some people play with other people i mean like you can play to a jam track all you want but once you get on stage or once you get with other people even if it's not in front of an audience even with it's just jamming with another human being it just changes everything and for me that was my biggest growth too was playing with people was like mm-hmm. going out there fucking you know putting yourself out there be vulnerable be the shittiest one in the room whatever who yeah, cares yeah, like and, learn, and most of the time people yeah. in open mic situations especially are, are pretty open and and uh welcoming to people to newer 
uh, you know, musicians or people who are just trying to get their feet wet. So it is a great way to ease into it. Yeah. Yep. Kurt, what about you, man? What's your lineage of music? No, oh, there was always music around growing up. Um, my older brother played guitar. Yeah, man. And uh, when I was in like the fourth grade or whatever, I wanted to play guitar for a little bit. So I took lessons for about a year at Valley Music. What the fuck's up with Valley Music? It's just down the street. Randy oh. Sobo, man. Are you guys Sobo? Was, are you guys all with Randy? No, no. I was. I had Mary was my teacher. Oh, Mary. Yeah, okay. Okay, and uh, I wanted to learn how to play like "Sweet Child of Mine" or whatever. I could yeah, see Mary you know? playing that. And uh, she wanted me to do chimpiadas or something. I don't know. And all this like books and reading music. And that's not what I. And I wanted to do rock and roll. And uh, <laughs> so I ended up quitting. And uh, I didn't pick it up again until I was about seventeen years old. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I always loved music through that whole time, you know. I listened avidly, but, uh, yeah. I did play a little bit of bass in, like, 7th and 8th grade for the school orchestra. But, you know, I was kind of a terrible student, so it didn't work out very well. Um, <laughs> were you guys, were you, who, was, who, was, who was a good student in school, in high school? Let's just put it to high school. Who, had, who was a good student? Anyone? That's okay. <laughs> so Mark's probably the best student. <laughs> I was a great student, but I was a troublemaker. Yeah? What kind of trouble? I don't like answer that question here oh come and, uh, on jesus christ this is like 35 years ago i would put it was like 45 years ago josh <laughs> fucking over right <laughs> <laughs> no i always got pretty good grades um but i was the kind of i was a kid that would like you know i had a pack of cigarettes hidden in the bathroom mm. and we'd go in there and play craps no and are you serious and skip classes and <laughs> shit like that you know what i mean but i was and i would always debate my teachers like why do, um, I, why do I have to do this you know yeah. like but, uh, I mean... What, did you ever get suspended? Yeah. A lot or a little bit? Well, I never got expelled. Never got expelled. I was suspended a few times. Oh, yeah. Just the stupid, you know, the regular kid shit. Yeah. Fights. Uh, were you a scrapper? Did you throw down or... Well, or did you, you get know, thrown you were a kid. down? You were a kid back then, you know? Yeah, shit I happens. know, but like... Sometimes what? you got into a fight. Sometimes, you know, you were extorting people. Sometimes you ran <laughs> You ran a loan sharking business. I don't know. Just, this shit happens. Sometimes some fingers stuff, get broken. You know? Regular right kids stuff. like in the 40s. You play craps in the bathroom while you're hiding cigarettes. Now look here, you see. Now look here, you see. Pork chops and applesauce every day for lunch. Drives so, a man crazy after a so, while. So you were a terrible Sounds student. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Were, were, yeah. were you a troublemaker too? Yeah, I was a hellion. Oh yeah, what kind of hellion? My, my sophomore year, I got arrested seven times. For what? No shit. <laughs> Everything from vandalism to, I don't know, drugs and alcohol. What kind of drugs? <laughs> no, you know. Okay. I don't. That's why I'm asking. I mean, are you... You know, Mike. You've got these notes before we started talking, didn't you? It's all available at Curtin Does. You know, nothing I want to in, indulge it or, you know, talk no, about. No, it's okay. It. It's fine. You don't have to talk about yeah. it. I mean, like, no, were you, I got were you, all kinds when of you were younger, were you getting into harder drugs? Oh, no. Nothing too, nothing too serious. Well, what the fuck are you worried about? <laughs> Have you smoked a little pot when you were 17? Who cares? Oh, no, no. I was like, yeah. we'll I was shooting that. up heroin when I was 14, okay? <laughs> fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was when I was like 22. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah. I didn't pick up the guitar again until I was about 17. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, mostly it was it was playing with friends. 
you know, and a uh, good friend of mine, Nate Woodward, uh, we started playing, actually, I was 19 years old the first time I played out live in front of people, and that was, I think at Frankie's downtown, oh, nice. for an open mic night, but the first time I got paid to play was at the Village Idiot down the street, and uh, they, didn't, they didn't have the stage back then, in fact, you didn't, they, we weren't even playing in the hole yet, you played up in the what's called the Drunken Corner now, the corner right next to the bar. And, uh, the the corner like right in the back that little nook right there yeah after after that yeah after after the band started to grow because it started out Nate and I and then we brought on another guitar player and and and, and um, that's a weird place to have it and and what and a bass player and a drummer and we ended up back in that hole and that's where the people played for years wow until they put the stage on wait wait the by the bar or I'm saying the very first place the was right to the right when you walk in the door. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Not then, all the way in the back. And then in the back. And then, it, and then yeah. it moved into the back. Into the back, but they, for the one corner. By the jukebox the other in the back where they have the cage. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. How long ago was this? Jesus Christ. Like 20, 20 years? Yeah, at least 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, because I, I, yeah, I, I had to be 19 or 20 at the, the only, time. I, the only fucking thing I ever remember the Village Idiot being is how it's set up now with that stage up front. That's crazy. I guess I'm just not an old head. Fuck. Just Thought I knew. Years. <laughs> I got gray hairs. And I'm, I'm, my hair's falling out, so I'm 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 there. Just, just not there. I guess. No, I the the because the idiot was so far away from from me in football. Yeah. You guys I, grew up in Oregon. Right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking shitty ass Oregon. So we. I didn't venture out that far, but but once in a while, you know, mm -hmm. once in a while when there was a band in town. But that that's mm -hmm. that's interesting. I, I never could have seen, like th those other setups in the village idiot doesn't even make sense to me. Like that sounds stupid. Like that's not that doesn't make sense at all. But they had pool tables back then. Yeah, they had pool tables. Yeah, that was right after. Uh, uh, don't make excuses Vegas. for them. They right? fucking know what they Vegas. did. <laughs> they made their fucking choice. What did was the basement ever a thing there? Like, it feel like the basement, like, had something going on there, but I don't know. It's always nothing just that been ever involved. Weird fucking. Um, <laughs> 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 anyway, so you so you had you had a band and yeah, yeah, and then I, and then I had children and you know oh. was mar got married and all that stuff and we had kids and were uh, you young when you when you yeah got I was uh, I was twenty when my daughter was born. And that's and then you had her with your wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, and, you guys uh, been together for a long. Time. Yeah. Were you guys high, as high school sweethearts? Yeah. Oh. And uh, so back then though they didn't have like these early gigs like you have now where you're playing where you can go and play play six to nine or, or seven to ten. Right. And be home before midnight. Right. It was all ten, ten to two. Ten to two. Yeah. And you were getting home until like three, three or four in the morning because <laughs> I mean it, you know also when you're back then you. you you partied Afterwards, hard. you fucking yeah. had a few drinks. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and so you know, getting home at three or four in the morning, then being to work at seven o'clock in the morning, yeah, because you know you had mouths to feed. It just didn't work. So I, I quit playing for, I quit playing out mm. for, you know, fifteen years or so. Wow. And uh, you know, I don't know that fifteen years, but my youngest had turned like fifteen or whatever, yeah, and I was like, I was like, I can probably start playing music, and I called up my buddy Nate. And, was like hey let's do this and that's actually how I ran back into Josh was his mm -hmm. open mic night Nate and I would go up there to try and you know practice to mm -hmm. get out in front of people and play I never let him play <laughs> <laughs> and we're running that now <laughs> and, and you know 
but yeah, that that's 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 how you get it better at anything is just doing it, and you yeah, got, you got to get out there and just put yourself out there, suck for a while. Yeah, you know, shit. <laughs> yeah. You eat your piles of shit yep. until you're full, and then yep. eat some more. Yep. And then maybe after you eat a little more shit, mm-hmm. maybe you can play with somebody yeah. in a halfway decent manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's so, how I met Asa too, and Mark. For wait, so moment. Asa, were you going up to the open mics, or what were you doing? Because yeah, actually, been, you've only been back here for a couple of years. So my my mom and dad have been going to his open mic nights basically since they started, as far as I pretty know. much, yeah. And that's uh, how I met him. I had come back for. I love that your parents are like they're avid, still out there, still doing avid fucking open micers, yep. just hanging out doing the thing. I'd come back for a visit and uh, while I was still out west, and we we all went up to one of the open mic nights. And at the time, Josh's style that he was playing, at least that particular night, was like what I wanted to be doing. But I've never cared enough to practice that much on things. Uh, and I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" And I got all excited. I was like, "Oh, there's there's good music around here again." So that sort of actually helped me make the decision to move back here. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I started going to the open mic nights as soon as I moved back, and I'm I'm out there pretty often. Yeah, my, yeah. my mom and dad are there pretty much every week. Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice. So so Josh, you so when was the time period where you were playing out the most? Do you remember like the years? Just because there's this running clock in my head where so I don't know how long ago it was I think it was just I think this is all new really this whole like people being able to work as musicians in Toledo that whole thing but when you were playing out was that a possibility to have enough gigs where you could live like a fucking trash bag musician I mean, if you didn't have kids and you had, uh, and you know, like you, could you get by? And when you were playing then? Oh, I mean, the most I've been playing out has been probably this last year because yeah. I still play with Nate. Mm. And then uh, oh yeah, that's Kurt Nate. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then I'm playing with these guys, and it keeps you keeps us busy. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes for every single one of us here, though. I mean, Asa, mm-hmm. he's you know. Yeah. And we'll have different forms of us out, you know, like it'll be me and Asa somewhere, or me and Josh somewhere, or Josh and Asa somewhere, or, you know, Never Marf, and who, <laughs> Marf and whomever, Marf and Slim. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. well, that that's what I'm kind of getting at, is this whole, um, like, we're, we're, we're Asa, for example, and, and me, and my wife, we're, we're living primarily off of... of Music and art, whatever, in whatever form or fashion. What I was, I guess what I was getting at was like, when you were playing before this new wave of venues, I guess, hit Toledo, what, do you think it was a possibility to play and like get by in this city? Oh, I think that's tough. I, I, I think that just... I don't know. I mean, like, for in, my, in my instance, you know, I'm, I'm married. My wife does ex- does well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> my wife does well. So, so I mean, like, you know. Uh, Is that all you do right now? No, I'm, I, I do ornamental iron works during the day. Oh, you're fucking straight up fucking so, out there doing it. Okay. So, I mean, I did, it, I did just the music for a little while, but, I mean, it was just more of a circumstances dictated it. You know, I mean... When it comes to anything like that, I mean, you, you got to start thinking about, 
you know, especially when you got kids involved and shit, yeah. you got to start yeah. thinking about health benefits and all that other shit. Which oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you playing out in Toledo, you're not getting health you're not benefits. getting benefits. Yeah, exactly. No, so no, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it all depends on on your situation. You know, absolutely. And and what you're willing to do to to, to make it right. Happen. You're right. That 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 question is rather subjective because it's like, uh, oh. <laughs> How scummy are you willing to live <laughs> to just be a musician? How low can you set that bar for standard of living? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and your bar is pretty high. I'm taking it. You can't really just fucking. No, I could be. I could get way down there. I'm alright. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that you personally, but because you have other people depending on you, yeah, your well, bar has to be a little bit higher. Yeah, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> When I want it to be. Well, Asa, we were already done a whole lot, I guess, and, and but but you know, like I the I guess now we can kinda connect the dots here now that we're kinda up to date with everybody. So like you you came in and you started going to the open mics that Josh was doing because your parents were going and, yep. and and so when you got back into town, what what was I mean like was that the first thing you did? Did you go? Because Asa, can you give a brief uh, update for, for people who might not have heard your episode? Oh. Of, like, where you went. To so the, I'm, I'm from the Northwest Ohio area. Um, at some point in time, I tried to get out a few different places. I ended up out west for about 12 years uh, in California, where I was playing music and doing acting and having a fair amount of success at both. Uh, and then when the time came to for a change, came back here to the Northwest Ohio area. And yeah, I, I started hitting up open mic nights right away, um, just out of boredom, and I didn't know anybody that was here anymore, and everything is different. There's like there's a couple extra buildings. Some of the buildings are gone. Right. Other than that, um, started doing that, and then that's pretty much all I've done since I've been back here. I haven't really tried to do anything else. I'm on them the Area Arts Commission in my town, and other than that, all I've been doing is music since I've been back. And a lot of it was facilitated through open mic night situations, either getting to know other musicians or getting to know the owners of the bars or the managers and then setting up gigs in that regard and just getting out there and doing it. So then you started going to Josh's when you got back, and because how long has Three Too Many been a band? It's, it's only been like a year, year right? Uh, yeah. Well, what happened was, actually, it was about two two years ago this time. Um, I'd never really gotten into songwriting or anything like that, and I wanted to get outside of my comfort zone, so to oh, speak. This is actually how Kurt and I started playing. And uh, and I wanted to go down to this thing, because uh, Fish Fisher, who puts on the songwriting retreat... Who the is, fuck is Fish Fisher? You actually know him. Yeah. Oh, Mike, Mike Fisher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mike Fisher, I mean, he writes, literally writes a song a day. Yeah. On a slow if day. Not, if not more than that. Yeah. I mean, he's probably written... He used to be in, like, harder metal-type bands back when we were around. Hmm. I know you've seen him. I remember seeing him at Frankie's once, and I'm pretty sure you were His there. His band right now is Society's Ugly Son. With Justin Fuller and... Nah. And Jason and... and oh. Anyway, he's sort of a... <laughs> He's sort of a, a figure here in this area. But he what also, was the band he was in? Do you remember the name? I of the can't old remember band? the old band that he was in. Um, but I, I remember a 
couple times that I think our group ended up at one of his shows. Mm -hmm. And it would have had to have been at Frankie's because, like he said, we didn't really end up well too much further out. It was <laughs> the first night we got, when we got our name. That was us playing it. It was Kurt and Ace and I. And Kurt, I believe, had a show at the Idiot for an early Saturday slot yeah. and asked Ace and I to play with him, and, and we did. And then I had one not soon after that. So I thought I'd return the favor and say, why don't you guys come and play with me? So we're up there, we're all sitting down and playing, and we had three guitars, we're all guitar players, and we didn't really know anything that each other knew, so we are just kind of feeding off each other, and I think it was Terry. Yeah. What do you guys call yourselves? There's three too many of you up there. Three too many guitar players up there, and that, I think that was... And that was history. Well, what Kurt was saying was Fisher runs the songwriting retreat, so this is sort of full circle for the band in general. Mm -hmm. um, he wanted to get into songwriting, and he so he had asked Nate if Nate wanted to go down to Tennessee, where Fish Fish is the unofficial mayor of Gatlinburg. Oh, uh, <laughs> he, pretty much anywhere that dude stays, he bounces between Gatlinburg, Nashville, and Northwest Ohio pretty regularly. And he's got little camps set up everywhere he goes, and it, literally months at a time in each place. Oh, that's um, cool. So he had this thing in, in Tennessee, in Gatlinburg. Uh, Nate wasn't able to go or didn't want to go or something. And so Kurt, on a whim, was like, you write things. You want to go do this? And I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you do this? Yeah, so we went down there. We had a lot. We had a blast while we were down there. And then he and I started playing it out more regularly from that point. And that was, that was last year? That, that was two, two years, years, ago years ago when ago. he and I started playing out. And then there was the the and then it, songwriting competition yeah. at Beer Studio. And then at, I don't know if that was before. I think that was, yeah, that was before The Idiot. No, after The Idiot. That was, that was after The Idiot. So then The Idiot gigs happened where <clears throat> we ended up on stage, the three of us. Then there was a, an original song, our original music competition at the Beer Studio in Toledo. Um, and I just asked, tried to, you know, I was like, ah, I could do this by myself, but it's going to go over better with better musicians and other musicians. If I'm just up there by myself, yeah. it's not going to work as well. So I started asking all these guys if they wanted to play music. And I'd been begging Josh to play with me for like a year and a half at this point, And he just kept telling me no and shaking his jingle foot. And I just <laughs> out the door. <laughs> that, that was how I talked back then. One shake for no, two shakes. For yes, three shakes and you're playing with it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It still translates. You over fucking that. stole my joke. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, yeah, because we put the band together for that original competition and failed miserably. But we decided we to did keep. Not. We decided to keep uh, trying horribly. Harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, and yeah, it was a little over a year ago. Um, Around the same time as the Beer Stoop competition, there was also a songwriters competition happening in Gatlinburg. They do every year the... Uh, Smoky Mountain. Yeah, Smoky Mountain Songwriters Festival. Oh. And uh, so I had had a couple songs written, and we had, to, we had started to write songs ourselves. We had, two, we had two that we had written. We had Between the Lines and White Dress, I think. Yeah, and that, that sounds well, right. Ashes. So we had two songs as a group, and then I had a couple songs, but you needed to submit uh, a recording. So we found Stone Soup Recording Studios run by Eric Sills. Eric? Yeah. Shout out to hey, Eric Sills. Hey, pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. Um, 
And we recorded some quick demos of the stuff and sent the stuff off to the Nashville or Smoky Mountain Songwriting Festival. We ended up getting uh, some awards for some of those songs. Mm -hmm. uh, while we were and we ended, you know, we went down there to to collect our pieces of paper. <laughs> That's very nice. We had a great time while we were down there too. We caused a lot of trouble. We took a bath in the river. <laughs> I saw more than I wanted to see. Of you. You chased a bear. Chased you chased a bear? Yeah. You really chased yeah, a bear? Yeah, we did. It's How did you chase a bear? Well, they're, they're kind of tame there. They're more like domesticated. Are they the, like the little black bears? That no, they, they, no, no, it was the one of And we're probably lucky to be alive. I'm very, very lucky. Um, Man, I'm glad I didn't go out with you guys. Well, we had had, we had had a, a fun and eventful night up until before the bear happened. And at some point in time, we had gotten, Kurt and I had gotten separated. Uh, Josh had already gone back to the hotel room. My dad was actually there with us as well. And uh, he was the responsible one. And these are air quotes. Because uh, at one point in time throughout the trip, Kurt looks at me and he goes, man, your dad can party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so they had gone back to the hotel. And then uh, I don't remember a lot of the night. Uh, I do remember trying to find my way back to the hotel and then all of a sudden I'm just walking next to Kurt somehow and we kind of looked at each other like, oh, you're here. <laughs> and so we're walking back towards where we think the hotel is and we see a bear and, you know, milling about the He's town. walking down the middle of the main drag. Jesus. And so we're just like, yeah, hey, man, that's a bear. And so we started following the bear it. around. What the fuck? Why would you follow a bear around? Well, so then the bear goes into an alleyway. <laughs> And then, like a really small alleyway that's got a fence on the back side of it. So the bear corners itself, and we decided it would be a good idea to get even closer to it. Oh. And fortunately, we were filming because, you know, it doesn't count unless it happens on social media. Exactly. So if we start walking towards this alleyway where the bear is, and but we can't really... There's a big you know, dumpster. Not, in the yeah, way. there's a big uh, electrical box. No, there's a big blue dumpster. Big blue dumpster electrical box in the way. <laughs> You're not telling the story. <laughs> and uh, so we can't really see what's happening in the alleyway, but we figured let's get close enough to see. And uh, and then I mean we were not far at all, uh, and the bear comes out from around the corner of the uh, electric dumpster, <laughs> and and it was I don't know how close would you say two. <laughs> too, too close, yes. Okay. Yeah, and, and then, of course, the first instinct upon seeing a giant natural predator would be to, like, run a little bit. So we did, which was probably also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we turned around and... I walked. And, <laughs> I just walked away. And, Quickly. And, <laughs> it was a quick pace. It's also on video. He was far ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! But it was Trampy, Trampy the Trampy the very real yet metaphorical bear of Gatlinburg. So wait, Trampy is like a, a hometown hero. Well, Trampy has probably been put down since then because <laughs> he's a bear in the middle of the city. It's a bear in the city. <laughs> Trampy was a little too comfortable there. He trampled some people, which <laughs> we didn't yeah. learn. Like. Your dad and I didn't learn about it until the next morning at breakfast. Oh yeah, they we didn't even the know about the bear until we were at the restaurant the next morning and i happened to have a like i asked for crayons and a, something to color on because you know i'm a 40 year old child yeah well and it just happened to be a, a bear i believe <laughs> and they're like oh yeah you saw a bear oh, seen enough bears <laughs> that that's funny that that's really funny i didn't realize that there was bears in tennessee 
Oh yeah, but they're bears and They're very serious. Yeah, we, we were way trip. too close to this thing. I can't believe you guys would drunk it. Well, I can believe that drunk people would go and taunt it. Yeah, it was like the I next taunt it. It was like the it next like taunting. The next night or something. We were playing a gig at one of the one of the venues out there, and we're loading stuff up or whatever. And the one of the guys that works there is talking about how all these stupid tourists come by and try to play with the bears. <laughs> we're all like, yeah, they're idiots. We can't believe anybody would do that. Yeah, that's so dumb. Trampy. Fucking Trampy. Trampy. R.I.P. Trampy. So you guys were down there. You won your piece of paper. You played some things. We got two pieces of paper. So wait, yeah. is that when you guys decided, like, well, this is an official thing? Or were you guys already official by then? I think after the first song, we were we were Yeah, the excited. first one that we wrote together, we were like, this is fun, let's keep doing this. Yeah, it was a good, I mean, it's been nothing but a great time. And what time. was the song? The first song was Between the Lines, actually. That was the very first song that we wrote Which we actually years. played, uh, we were in a contest at the uh, casino, Hollywood Casino. Here. Yep, that too. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, that's on the album, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's play that. Let's play that. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to Between the Lines, and we'll be right back. I may have heard 
And we're back. <laughs> well, that was a great. I mean, I, I love amazing. that song. It's yeah, just, it's just really good. The baseline in that really makes the whole thing pop. I, I love agree. It. I love, love this the the synth, the heavy synth the, yeah, running the, throughout the, the electric song. harpsichord out <laughs> there. Just yeah. Yeah. harpsichord turns it out. <laughs> and if you listen closely at uh, at measure three, of the second bar, you can hear a tuna can opening. Oh. Which is just we decided to you know. It's, Experimental. Yeah. Experimental. A lot of people won't catch that. What what do you it's guys the first song ever written with nutritional value? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what do you guys consider your genre? And I'm sorry that that question came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but genre? it's already out there. Go ahead. F- uh, folk and Americana blues rock alternative folk. Jazz? I don't know. Screamo. 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 Alternative Screamo. Latino Twinks? Is that what it was? Latino <laughs> Twinks? Latino Twinks and the Fleshlights. That's what we're going to change our name soon. Sorry to drop this bomb right now. Latino Twinks and the Fleshlights. Public service announcement. Be careful when you Google three too many. Yeah, you'll find some stuff you want to And don't go to page three. Hour. That right there is why I'm not allowed to talk. Page three of the results. You don't want to do that at work. Oh, that's good. That, that's really good. And yeah, make sure you look up three too many music. <laughs> Just music. look up three too many, find some stuff you weren't prepared for. Yeah. Oh, don't we, leave it up no, to Google's this, this imagination. This literally happened the other day. We uh, were setting up, revamping our website, and um, Mark's wife found a, <laughs> the third... Yeah, blame it on her. <laughs> sure. It was Mark's it was Mark's computer, so who knows what that thing's used to searching for. But we've had to, somewhere we've had in the somewhere in the search results for three too many was the the tag words Latino Twinks flashlight. Latino Twinks in the flashlight. Yeah. So, you know, when genre, that's somewhere there. That's pretty close. Wait, do you think that do do you think they call it do you think they wrongfully Call it midget porn still, or do you think they call it small people porn? I think it. I'm pretty Whatever sure makes it's called midget man. porn. <laughs> I think so. So do you think that the do you think that the SJWs, social justice warriors, should be focusing, refocusing their attention on on this part? No, don't no. let them ruin porn too. <laughs> don't ruin <laughs> pornography. <laughs> oh my god! Yo, yeah, what do? I mean that that's interesting. Do what do you guys think of today's um, like you can't say anything that offends people stuff? Is it awesome? Do you, do you think that this is the right direction? Or you hate it? I mean, I, I'm just curious. Does anybody like it? I you know like I don't think so. Sorry, but there's so many people who are there's so much that, well there's so much noise about it right. So I mean I don't know anything. I, I'm just asking a, a broad question that there's no real answer for yeah I don't, I don't know i feel like everybody has the right to their own opinion but most of them aren't relevant <laughs> most of those opinions are like assholes mm-hmm. gaping and oh geez, should we use all right <laughs> now you're on the page song. four of the right google back. search results <laughs> So so you guys so you guys started doing we'll just move up. So you guys started. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the recording because you guys have been working on this for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The what? How did it you? Took us like a what? A, a year? At yeah, least a year. It took about a year. What was, at least a year? About a year. What was the biggest <laughs> challenges you guys were finding once you were in the studio? Talent. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Made Eric hit the talent button a whole bunch. Just like, I can need a little more in the mids in the talent, please. <laughs> I think the, the, the hardest thing and the most gratifying thing was working on the harmonies. Mm. Just speaking for myself solely, uh, it's always been a sore point, you know. How do you harmonize with somebody? What do you do? How do you do it? Because once you start singing with somebody, I, I, a lot of people I know just have a tendency to fall into that unison thing. So yeah. For me, it's really cool to like sit down at the grand piano at Stone Soup and and build work out the harmonies. You you sing this, you sing the first, you sing the third, you sing the fifth. What do we want to accent this chord with? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's four part harmony a lot of times, and there's unison. Mark, do you there, sing too? Yeah, I pioneer the harmonies. Oh, you're the pioneer of the harmonies. Yeah, I mean, you just can't play just bass, you know. you got to do something else, like get the cool. coffee and... Harmonize. You know, <laughs> and, and, and help with the harmonies. So so that's where you guys ran into a lot of trouble, is just trying to... Me, speak, personally. You personally? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for anybody else in the band, but I, it was a great time in the studio. We had a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. And um, what's, what's the biggest thing you took away from it? Um... Really concentrating on what you're playing. Mm-hmm. For me, when that little red light goes on and you're recording, I, I kind of freeze up and it's like, oh, this has got to be perfect and perfectly in time and pitch. And time is money. Time is money. You can't waste time. And it's like, ah, you know, that take was pretty close. I think that was a banjo take. How many banjo takes did I do in that? Several. Yeah, at least three. Probably more than, probably like a dozen. I feel like it was more than a dozen. Probably. Just because, well, probably two dozen on that one song on Pickle, because I had a solo I'd worked out, and I was pretty much a newcomer to the banjo, so mm-hmm. it's not like I've spent years playing it, but I wanted to nail the solo, and it was like one little mute, one little off note, one little, one little thing. <sighs> throws you off and you continue through your solo but when you're done you're like ah take it again you know yeah. I know I can do better than that what, were you uh, were you finding yourself piecing solos together or did you want to do them all in one take a lot of them in one take yeah there was a couple where it was like you know we took part of one solo a little bit of a, another part of another solo and kind of put them together I'd much rather do it in one take but time constraints you do what you gotta do you know yeah. But I think that solo on the banjo I did straight through after, you know, several takes. Actually, I'm not entirely sure that there is a solo that is piecemealed together on this. I'm pretty sure everything I, I thought I had on one in there some take. I thought I had one in there somewhere. And that's on pickle? That solo? That you don't The banjo, about? yeah. Yeah, the banjo pickle. That one I, I'm pretty sure I ran through. I thought I had another one on there somewhere that we kind of used one part of one solo. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I kind of have kind of have the feeling that everything that ended up on the album was sort of a one take shot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. You could. Be, you're probably right. I mean, because we, everybody, if we weren't happy with what we were doing. We weren't afraid to say, "Let's try it again." And it would get to the point where once you started nitpicking too much at something, it would go immediately back to, nah, just let me try it one more time, and I'll get the whole thing, and then that'll just be it. And 
we'd maybe sit on it for a week and then somebody would come in and be like, all right, let me try it one more time. I got it down this time. But I've, I'm not sure that there's any solos that were pieced together. I could be wrong, but I think they're all one takes. I think, I think what we ended up doing was Mark just went in and played every single note on the bass mm-hmm. individually, held it out for, you know, eight seconds, and then we just ended up piecing together every single bass line of his throughout the entire We built a album. library of you know, my space. Oh, so you had a sample library of Mark so you could just play it later on the keyboard. Yeah. And so therefore, Mark was just... Eric actually had to get more storage. In data yeah. storage. He's actually building an addition now to hold all that. Because then we came up with the idea, let's, let's store them all in vibrato, too. Yeah, And, and we had to slide into each one and we slide out of each one. This isn't even Marf, this is a... An AI representation of Marv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's not even here right now. In fact, no, you're listening to a, a the Mark, Mark fabricated Hol- voice, a hologram, yeah. Mark. This is a deep fake. <laughs> Very deep. But uh, Mark, what, what would you say was your biggest challenge you found in the studio? Um, it was all new to me, mm. so it was Everything. just a big mountain. Yeah, plug Everything in and play, up. and uh, you know the. We talked about time is money, so that was in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Am I taking too time, too much time on this, and taking away from other um, pieces of work that right. could be happening right now? Right. You know. So. Uh, Did you guys, when you walked into the studio? the day that you're going to record on the days you're going to record did you have a solid idea what you were going to do and did you have the songs you were going to record like down to a T or did you guys find yourself arranging a little bit into in the studio both both I'd almost say a 50% split when you yeah. say we'd, we'd say we'd like to work on this song tonight but yeah. we don't know exactly what we're going to do and other times like I have to get in here and I have to lay down this phrase or this melody mm. I mean that's what I heard several times yeah uh, what what was the biggest thing you think you learned me personally mm-hmm. breathe deep <laughs> relax that, that's really good <laughs> don't actually. look at Josh don't <laughs> look at Josh that I gotta tell you all everyone listening if you're ever on stage with Josh or, or just in the studio <laughs> just never look at <laughs> just don't, yeah, don't look at me <laughs> yeah yeah, don't feed him ever. Can't grill him, especially after midnight. Oh, yeah, can't get him wet. <laughs> I have a tendency to to make Multiplies. jokes on stage. Yeah, in tense situations. I, I, well, you know, I. I've seen, I've playing. seen you guys. Oh, uh, I'm fucking. I try big, to make people big laugh. blue whale, and you guys are like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> microphone. I know that sublime song, and it makes me we laugh all the time. Make sure you're paying attention. I think the the my favorite though my favorite joke that you guys your fa- my favorite running joke in three too many um, is the Almond Brothers just snuck in <laughs> just jammed in over anything. It's where we have played nights where that got its way into every single song. That we <laughs> it's not even when it doesn't fit. It doesn't even that's fit. That's nothing to do with the crowd. That's just us <laughs> laughing at each other and making jokes. I think that's a very you important. Can't have fun on stage. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think that's a very important thing. Is like if the band dynamic. Uh, if the relationships in the band is just fucking dog shit, then it's not gonna be great. I mean, it can be. I mean, because Pink Floyd was a great band, but like, you know, they hated each other. It's just, uh, 
I can't work with bands who have a stick up their ass. I don't yeah. know. Like, and I've worked with bands who are like very, you know, this is how it has to be, and this is this, and this is that, which is fun, right? Like, everybody has their own style, but anytime I sit in with you guys, I know it's just going to be fun. We're going to make jokes, and I'm going to laugh, and I'm going to hit the the stupid annoying pew pew pews, <laughs> and it's going to be a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, but, but that vibe carries over, you know what I mean? Like, if it's a bunch of guys up there looking at each other, all hating each other, and fucking, you know, not laughing, and just fucking going through the motions, I always feel like that's... Well, that'll that'll kill thing. a band. Kill a band, kill a vibe. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, but you know, like you know, these bands that are on the road for years and years and years. And I mean, you just grow to hate people just because you know. And then they have to go up there and just slam away, and then fucking get back in that van and, and hate I'll, each other. I'll gladly absorb the hate. <laughs> I feel like I get a, I get my fair share plus. Of it. But you know, it's, oh, good. It's a couple of the love. jokes that that fortunately for me anyway don't happen anymore and they probably will <laughs> now they are now, now you're talking it, about bringing them all back we would get so. to this point where it was at the end of like every friggin song that we would do either josh or kurt and then marf did it once or twice too would either do um like kurt liked to do the ch- the the Chinese, the, the yeah da 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 da, or then or you would do what I would do chopsticks. Yeah, he he does chopsticks every now and then, and it would just drive me crazy because we put in like, you know, five minutes of solid focus and creating an atmosphere, getting there, beautiful song, just you know, wrap it up real nice in a nice tight bow, and it's just like I'm just starting to breathe again, and then it's like some man just lost five minutes to nothing. Yeah. Unfortunately, at some point along the way, they stopped doing that. Well, it's coming back. I know. <laughs> it was just a direct stab at me, though. Thank it was, you, Mikey. It's just like, you know, hey, like I know how to annoy you. He's mentioned this in the last I month. Know. It really is. <laughs> I really feel like he wants it to come I back. I want it to come back. It gives me anxiety just keep even bring, thinking about it. Keep bringing it back up. I mean, uh, keep talking about some, you know. I mean, it's bound I'm inviting back. it into my life. I know this is bad. <laughs> um. What I, I am curious on on the name of the album. What what would spark <laughs> <laughs> that idea? Asa, you want to take this somewhere? <clears throat> sure. We had played a benefit last year around this time. Uh, for actually last year, the benefit was going to Diabetes Youth Services, um, and it was it's a it's a benefit that's comprised primarily of older musicians from the area. And Fabulous it's an all day event. Really good. Really like insanely good musicians that have made their mark on this area. Shout out to Tim Berry, Pat Lewandowski, uh, Laurie Swire, uh, who else am I missing? A bunch of Laura people. Laura Lee. Laura Lee. Just a bunch of people. Last year, the first year that we did it, Quartet Bernadette was there. They're amazing. Uh, Radiation Blues Band. It's actually a, f- it's a, it's a benefit that they've been hosting Radiation Blues Band for 12 years now. Um, so we played we played that benefit last year and during the course of our set we were by far the youngest group of musicians that was there as well as audience members as well as just the youngest people in the room yeah and uh, <laughs> and uh, I thought you said diabetes youth <laughs> diabetes youth services yeah. is what it was benefiting right um, but there we were the youngest oh, people I see. in the room I see but yeah, yeah and, they choose uh, a different 
It wasn't. It, yeah, it was I, that older, you know, that older. Oh, the older a, crowd with money who's we helping. Had, yeah, we had a great, we had a great oh, set. They were fantastic. We had a great set, and we felt like the room really enjoyed it. What we were doing, and it's an honor just to be asked to do this because oh, it is people that we've all been looking up to for years, mm. and that still we can't hold candles to. Mm. Um, but we were outside uh, goofing off with each other, and uh, well, I, I walked out, and they were all smoking. I, I quit smoking, but I, I have an e-cigarette, so I walked outside. Yes, I know it's a robot dick, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked outside to hang out with these guys, think and it was like huge flute. You know, <laughs> it was a huge, it was a huge, it was just a party in there, you know, the energy was up there and like, I was like a little out of breath when we got done with our set and I walked outside and I see these guys sitting there and we're joking around and it was like, I said, God damn, it was like juice time with the old folks home there, wasn't it? And then we were like, yeah, that's the name of the album. And he's like, no, it's not. And then for a year he kept saying, no, we're not really going to call it that, are we? And yeah, here we are. Yeah, so, I selling them for fifteen dollars a pop. <laughs> I, I, I meant no disrespect by it at all, but you know, I, I played a lot of assisted living homes and retirement homes and stuff mm. like that. And when they have a happy hour, I mean, they they have a good time. Yeah, There's man. nothing wrong with that. Hey, you know, the, it's funny when you hear about how like STDs are rampant in those places. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny to think that old people are just as horny as fucking everyone. Hey, else. man, just need to. If fuck. You gotta wrap a popsicle stick around it and go for it. <laughs> Revive that motherfucker. <laughs> Breathe life into it. So says the Lord. The um, it, no, but like it, it, it is seriously good. But my wife's um, my wife's grandmother, bless her, she made it to eighty eight, and um, when she was about eighty five, she was dating a guy in his sixties, uh, like maybe sixty seven. Incredible. And she's oh, she said I'm a cool girl. <laughs> this is this is what comes out of this woman's mouth. Who is uh, she's a. Uh, she was an artist. She was one of the like one of the first feminists, fuck, like ever. And um, she's sitting there telling her daughter, her granddaughter, her granddaughter's boyfriend, me, and like a couple other people who don't really know her. It's like he can't get it up, but he knows how to lick it. <laughs> wow. We're all like. Thank you, Myrna. We appreciate you telling us about how your boyfriend gives Damn, you man. solid cunnilineus. You know, like uh, just solid with the tongue, but the I guess the Viagra doesn't work. I don't know, but uh, it, it's just an interesting. It's interesting to think, you know, like when I'm. Well, it's actually discouraging me to, to know that even though I'm going to be in my, like, 60s or 70s, I'm still going to be battling my dick. Like, it's just, it's a sad notion to think about. It's like, I'm still fighting with I just know that soundbite is going to be on our next album somehow. <laughs> fighting with your dick? No, the one that's the name of the album. That's the name of the next one. Yeah. <laughs> fighting with my dick. You can't get it up, but you sure can lick it. <laughs> Kurt, what was what 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 did you uh, what was the hardest thing about recording for you? Oh, it's a nice segue there, Mike. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Uh, oh, Andrew Conolingus, how was your recording experience? <laughs> well, I always wanted to find out because it, well, I mean, because recording for for people, it, you know, because there's studio guys and there's live players, you know, and then you know, there's people who specialize in this and there's people who specialize in that, and you know. 
we're not we're not all hired guns, you know. We're not all just getting hired into the studio. So we, when we do hit the studio, or when musicians would aren't usually there, or I'm just always interested in in finding how people sit in those places because it it can be intimidating. You know, you see this huge board with all these knobs and there's all these things, you know, all these effects and all these things you can do and all these sounds you can, you know, harness. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there. So I'm I'm always very interested in seeing how people react. Yeah, it, it was it was very intimidating for me at first. Um, the first time I'd ever done anything like that. It's like gone into a studio and done mm. any recording or anything like that. And uh, so so it was definitely challenging for me. You know, mm. it's learning how to relax, learning to you know. We're, we're doing acoustic instruments, you know, with super hot microphones right in front. So making sure you, you know, you get done playing the song, you you, you, you let you let the note ring out and you got to be quiet and, you know, don't be moving. Don't breathe and too hard. Don't breathe too hard. <laughs> um, don't look at Josh. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. And, and, and all those kinds of things. But then also what was most fun for me was, was the creative aspect of it. I mean, because, you know, we would write the songs and have them fairly arranged how we wanted, but I mean, like, we'd do different things. Like, we came up with Swing Low mm. from the album. Um, when we, when you got the, the trap door falling out. Oh, and, yeah, and, oh, and, was uh, a lot of fun. At the gallows. And, yeah. And, yeah, at the gallows. Yeah, and then and, and the rope. I mean, and we ended up finding things around the studio and and making that sound oh, happen. Oh, nice. I haven't heard it yet. It, so it's, was... it's not like effects that you're getting off of online. The, the trap door is the guitar case getting flopped shut. In the, the next in the vocal is my knuckles. Yep, the next snapping was his knuckles. Oh, and the, the belt. And the, and the belt yep. is the rope yep. twisting in the wind. Wow. And so I mean, we had we had a lot of fun with that, and then. Uh, well, let's listen to that. Let's listen to Swing Low then. Let's listen to Swing Low, and then we'll be right back and you can finish it. Tree. 
I swing low, swing low. like a branch in the breeze. I swing low, swing low. like the devil in kind. I swing low. swing low, I swing with my head held high, with my head held high, with my head held high, with my head held This is my marker, by the way. If you guys keep seeing me do this, it's because Swing I take over. pictures of the timestamp, and that's my marker because I'm fucking. Because that's our high tech. Yeah, we tried a lot of different stuff for that. Yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah, like what? Yeah, please continue where you're at. You, you, you guys were yeah, making sound the, effects. The, yeah, the trap door. <laughs> what else did we try? We tried. We tried opening the door. Uh, tried the actual door. <laughs> we yep. tried opening and closing the actual door. The sounds, the isolation booth. Tried looking booth. for trap door sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. And for rope effects, we didn't like any of that shit though. No, I think Ace had the idea. We were about he took his belt off, and then it was just it was like Marf's belt. Oh yeah, it was, it was I'm it. wearing it right now. Hey, it's a famous. Which is a regular occurrence. Ace off. Usually, I'm usually just taking. Belt. You know what, guys, take your belts off. It's, yeah. it's usually how we start the studio session. Mm. <laughs> we all take. And it's always me. Off. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working out, so I can't. Play. So, what was the biggest thing you learned from the studio? Oh. Everything. Yeah, really. I mean, seriously, <laughs> seriously though. I mean, for me, it, the, the, the whole thing was a was yeah. an experience. You know what I mean? I mean, like I said, just learning how to play in the studio mm. as opposed to when you're, you know, playing out live or playing in your living room. It's it's, it's a it's a different thing. It's, it's a different animal. Absolutely, it is super. It is, and, and you know, I mean, just it. it I, I help. I think it helps actually. I, I think it helps clean up your playing. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah, playing to a metronome is another thing that yeah, I've been yeah. finding that I got back into <clears throat> because I've been doing these uh, tutorial videos on Instagram. You can follow me on at We Speak English Good. Uh, we've been doing the <laughs> you like that. Uh, we've been, I've been doing these these tutorials, these simple to moderately hard tutorials, and just to prepare for one. 
you know, I'll sit there with a metronome for like a couple hours just working on whatever the lick is, you know, because it's just basically a lick that, that I'll learn or something that I'll just pull out of what I'm playing. And but I'll sit there and really work it and work it. And just from doing that, I've just noticed so much of my timing and fucking just my playing. Like, just I mean, it just elevated me to a, like that incremental level that, you know, we all we all have to face those incremental gains mm-hmm. that years and years down the road turn into something but uh yeah so that, yeah man that, that's awesome man that's a great i mean just to uh, really deconstruct everything you're doing one of the things that was um surprising especially because you guys play out so much is that you guys were actually arranging in the studio i i, I didn't I thought you guys would be low, just because you guys play out a lot, but I guess you guys have been recording for the last year or so. Yeah, and like I said, it was about 50-50 on, yeah. on that. I mean, some were you of guys them, going to click, or were you guys mostly just... It was about 50-50 on that, too. I think the How first... How do you do 50-50 click? Well, no. Just some I, songs so were clicked. The first, the first few, I, th- I want to say like the first five or six songs we did, we, played, we would sit down and play live, and then go back through and do mm-hmm. everybody's tracks individually. And then I think... The last few, you know, like Asa would go in there with the click, put his rhythm down, and then you know, just go off of that. And then we we we'd work off of that, you know. Yeah. Or or you know whatever whatever the song was, you know. I think ashes to ashes we had a click on just to figure out when to start. Yeah. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) It's an odd timing of that song. Yeah, because that has an intro, right? That has like that little country intro that you do and then everybody sort of comes in yeah, that doesn't one. come in on one yeah it comes in on a weird time. i remember that because we played that on the news and then there was that weird intro and mm-hmm. we had i had to catch mm-hmm. it and i didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> which is more of like a, a free flow at the, the beginning right so you had to in, yeah, so you guys had to take the free flow out and do it to it a was play. a lot of us sitting around <laughs> laughing and going, what is it, one and two? And no, it comes on on the and of one. It comes in on the and of one. No, it's the A of one. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think it was uh, actually the, the, the A. That, the a those, those conversations are so funny when musicians are like really trying to figure out what is it? Like, it's like four or five grown human beings just. Well, fortunately, God! I mean, unfortunately, we've got Eric Sills on the, on the helm of that. And uh, and then Mark and you know all of us contributed to that, and it was like, oh, that's that's it, you know, that's that's what we're doing. There. Yeah. Bullet Rye helped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, thank you, Bullet Rye. Uh, yeah. We're hoping for a sponsorship soon. Bullet Rye. Yeah. I, I thought you said I thought you said the boat ride. Oh no, like no the no, boat ride. Oh, yeah, okay. we, we don't like talking it's about like the boat, the boat retreat. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk we about the boat retreat. Never again. Well, what about you, Asa? What was what was the biggest challenge that you found in the studio? Uh, keeping the whiskey away from the boys in Minglewood Labor Camp. Uh, there's a, another band that was recording. After honestly, I didn't find anything difficult about. The, well, you, you're kind of comfortable in those settings, right? I mean, Josh has had experience in the studio. I have, and for Marf and Kurt to have not, it was as easy as it gets. Oh yeah, um, they were solid, man. And yeah, there was really, there was really nothing stressful about it. It was. Eric's super easy to work with. It's a comfortable room. The equipment is solid. His mic locker is sick. So it was there was nothing really to worry about. And it was the first time I've been in a studio where I didn't have to worry about anything. So mm-hmm. I, I just... 
just showed just up and did my job. Of Josh as a penis and, <laughs> and just waited. <laughs> I believe that's still at the studio. It is. <laughs> and it hangs up, and and the, one of the on one of the walls somewhere, I think. Yeah, it was super easy. It was a not a not a. I think the hardest thing was scheduling, just getting everybody into the same spot at one time. That was probably the hardest thing. But once we were there, it was fun. Yeah. Well, did you learn anything? I mean, you had to have learned something. Fuck. Um, I mean, no, I, yeah, I, I, learned, I, learned to, I learned to let go mm. like, in, the, in those situations because, f- for one, this was the first time that, we, you know, I've been involved in something where I had a monochrome of control mm-hmm. in, and we, we pretty much are all equal in that regard, so it was, I don't, I don't have full control over, so I, my vote counts just as much as anybody else's, so it mm-hmm. doesn't matter if I get outvoted, then oh well. Um, yeah, learning to let go of the process was super important. And it, you know, they all do stuff that I can't do at all. Like, can't even come close to, so it was really easy to let go. But learning how to do that was tough in concept, but easy in practice. What what about it, though? Like, what about letting go? Like, what specifically were you letting go of? Um, I guess I'm just not following. Previous I, times, I get it, but I just want you to expound. Previously in studio, it was either a solo project, mm-hmm. or I was engineering, mm-hmm. or I was engineering myself, or um, in studios where it wasn't the it wasn't like time is money is not just a saying. It is this costs more than my place to be here right, right now, and everything had to be done quickly, efficiently, and correctly. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't I was in a situation where I was gonna lose my spot altogether, not just at the studio, but with the label that I was with or with the band that I was with, and being able to let go of let go and just see what happens in the process was a learning experience. Just yeah. be able to like relax a little bit, not be so uptight about mm-hmm. everything. Even though time was money, you weren't letting that be a, a factor. You weren't letting these pressures. Right, there was. We didn't give ourselves a deadline. You know, we kept it open to to get to where it needed to be first. And you know, previously having had worked with deadlines or having worked on somebody else's dime, it's a little bit of pressure. And wasn't I mean, had some good experiences in the studio, especially with the musicians that I've gotten to play with in the past. Is usually the best part of it, or the just even the um, the aura of being in some of these studios. But being able to sit in a studio with a group of good musicians and just see what happens, it was a learning process to figure out how to let that happen without being a dick, <laughs> and without being like, "Hey, you know, we got to get this done." Right. It was more like, "Man, well, let's see." If we get it done, we get it done. If not, then if not. And it wasn't that, you know, there was times when I felt like, yeah, we need to buckle down on what we're doing here. But still, I think that was the biggest thing I took away from the process as far as learning was uh, relaxing a little bit. That's very nice. That's very nice. Okay, so um, we'll we'll do a couple, like, quick things and then we'll... Do a performance? You guys feel like playing a song? Yeah, absolutely. Or two? Or ten? Can you guys entertain me until two tonight? <laughs> I don't have anywhere to be, and I just really want to see you guys play. Uh, no. Uh, so what? What is a what is a seminal a seminal album for you, Josh? Uh, an album that sort of changed your life, the way you look at music, the way that you approach music. 
I'll give you an example. I know this is a hard question, but like for me, it was like Bitches Brew, like Miles Davis. So mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. kind of kicked Good the one. door open for me that, you know, anything's possible with music. So, uh, I know this is a hard question, but and it can be more than one. It doesn't have to just be this one thing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that is a hard question. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, it's an even question. though like my parents didn't really play instruments, we always had music in my house mm-hmm. growing up. And we had a record player, eight track player, CD player, tape player, radio. I mean, I, I grew up, I was one of those kids Saturday night with my finger on the record yeah. of tape A and play on tape B, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. waiting for the radio to play that song that I requested. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many albums and songs um i don't know i think a, a major influence would be like i mean all your classic rock bands for sure queen beatles obviously um what albums? i really look i lean on um george harrison a lot i really oh. like george harrison's stuff i think all things must pass is a great album, a double album, but it's got so many good ideas and, and ideas on that that I, I kind of internalized throughout the years of like, hey, it doesn't have to be a pop song. It's just got to say what you want to say. So that's kind of how I approach writing is, is through that, you know, like I, I want to write a song that means something to me, might not mean anything to anybody else. And hopefully that conveys over to like somebody is going to go, hey, I really enjoy that, you know. So I guess, I mean, that's a, that's a hard question to answer, but I'm no, going to say all things must pass. That's I mean, a there's great, a lot of great, great, answer. great Chet Atkins albums out oh, there. Chet! And, I mean, Damn, Miles Chet. Davis, you know, you got Sonny. I mean, there's so many great No, I, great I get albums, it. I, you know? No, I, I get that it's a ridiculous question. Like, I still don't even know I still ask this fucking question. But no, I think it's important because it makes you think about well, it from, it, it kind of gives and gives people an idea of where you're coming from, where where kind of like your core, um, I don't know, kind of where your core. And that, and it's funny too because like I have, I'll, I'll listen to folk, I'll listen to like you know, any anything like when I was younger I would listen to like Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. and Sepultura and yeah. you know even Nine Inch Nails, Metallica, Queen anybody Paul Rogers I mean the the whole scope of music was open to me I wasn't stuck in one genre I would right. listen to folk one day and in the evening I'd listen to something completely different you know so to nail down one album it's hard but I think one of my favorites is this, at this time is still All Things Must Pass it's a great album yeah. how about you Mark you had a couple of those moments Growing up, you get to listen to FM radio, and you're kind of limited, mm. especially in Toledo. So yeah. you, pick your, you pick your favorite song off an FM radio station. <laughs> um, so I guess the moment that I turned into a real boy, I guess, and heard music that, that really got my brain moving was Dream Theater. Oh. And mm, yeah. there was uh, another band. Um, the band's called Cab, but it features uh, Bunny Brunell on bass. And he's just amazing on bass. So hearing that um, was just wow. And I was hooked on their first album. And I had a few other albums where I got, you know, progressive rock type of things that 
just um, got I got to hear what else you could do with an instrument mm. and later on um, got exposed to Victor Wooten uh, Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones and hearing what they did on records you know a, a banjo and a bass sounding like that together and of course you know Future Man on percussion and everything <laughs> Future Man the, the, the whole group all of them together to make this sound that you would have never thought could ever come out of a record and that that was influential so I'd have to say you know Dream Theater that type of progressive rock plus the sound of the flat tones and other other albums a like that. of other shit yeah but you, the, it's the genre that yeah, um, yeah I guess you'd call it I don't know if you call it contemporary jazz or not but what tones? Yeah, it, I don't know. It borders on bluegrass and contemporary jazz. Like, Who knows? But, it's just but, amazing. Yeah, but right, it turned yeah. me around, and I, I'm hearing those, stuff those, like, those, how do I play that? Because, yeah. like I said, you listen to FM radio all your life, and yeah. you can only hear more than a feeling <laughs> so often. And it's really not more than a feeling. It's kind of dull. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, how about you, Kurt? Uh, for me, first major influence probably would have been... The Doors and Neil Young. What album? Um, well, I mean, my dad. Best loved of. The Doors. No, no, my dad loved The Doors, so we had all the albums. Yeah. It, you know, he had a giant record collection. Mm. You know, I, that's I, nice. I, I remember he also loved Elvis a whole bunch. Oh. And so I remember listening to Elvis a whole bunch. But I mean, as far as like when you get to that age where you're starting right. to, to to make your own to, to form your own ideas about music. And big influences for me was The Doors and then and then Neil Young. And then after that, I had moved on to The Grateful Dead mm-hmm. and, and spent a lot of time in that in that, that arena. Fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, I spent a lot of time in that rabbit hole. Rabbit hole, that waste of life. <laughs> it, it, but I mean, it, 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 it's, it's great how music is with me because like right now, you know, I mean, if you were to ask me who, who my biggest influence is for the past probably three years, it would be the Wood Brothers. Hmm. I mean, I... You know, he's gonna mention how he's singing on one of their albums in the audience. I am not. Are you singing on one of their albums in the audience? Uh, my wife and I, we, we attended. Uh, we, we 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 went and saw them at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Were you were you hitting like the the harmonies? Oh, of them? course. And they were yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They, so. they pulled you up on stage. Yeah, of like, course. This guy. Yeah. All the harmonies I taught him. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, like as far as, as as far as that's how cool music is. I mean, yeah. you know, another big influence for my guitar playing. I remember like back when I was like nineteen or twenty or whatever. You know, and just starting to get into learning how to play like a little bit of lead guitar here and there. Was uh, I really liked Frank Zappa? Yeah, you know. So how did I not mention Frank? Yeah, I love Frank. Zappa. God damn it! You know, you, so, well, you lost. You time has come. It's passed. Now it's so. Ask me again. Now, no, Kurt, no. you got cut <laughs> off so we can hear yeah. Asa. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said the Wood Brothers the last time. I'm I think you're right. That. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I asked you ago. I didn't listen to his podcast. Neither did I. I. So if I have to answer any differently than that, honestly, I think one of the first songs that I heard that made me feel like uh, this was less of a song and more of an attitude was probably Green Onions. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, yeah, T, Booker T, T and the Booker MGs. T, yeah. It's because it's just such a cool... I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's super played out at this point, but it's one of those songs that when you hear it, you just feel 
cooler than you are. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you're slow mo. Yeah, I'm walking like a Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino movie, yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> from the first time I heard it, that that was like that. I used to ride around listening to that in my car in my station wagon. Like really loud, and I, Is that, I dug it. Red one? Did you have a red station? I had a red one. I had a green one. I had a blue one. <laughs> Those are all different colors. Those are all different, all different colors. colors. All different. Mark, we were teaching them colors this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then, uh, oh, this will be real quick too. Uh, what what? So this question is, uh, what, what's a weakness in your plane that you're trying to overcome, or something that you've overcome in the past, or something you're working on now? For instance, mine is my left hand on piano is dog shit, so I run drills on it. So something along those lines. Oh, start with me again. Fuck. Uh, okay. All right, I asked you. Oh, wait, but we'll go back to you. Let's start with Asa. You um, can think about it. I'm pretty sure this is also a question you're asking me. Like, I'm sure it's, and it's the same answer. I still don't know how to play lead. Uh, I thought I did it no, twice. You killed I did it, it twice. You yeah. killed it. I know one it. lick that works in one key, and I did it one and a half times. God damn it! It's guitar, so you could just move it around. <laughs> I tried that. It didn't work. I just go like this a lot, and nothing ever happens. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see his movement right now. That would be telling how you play guitar. Just yeah, move your hand around a lot. Masturbation. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Kurt, how about you? Um, for me, the two things I'm trying to clean up right now is is one is is the technique, you know, left hand technique on the guitar, um, and then also um, different inversions, different chord voicings, mm. stuff like that. And so, I mean, that's just basically where I'm at right now. Oh, cool. As far as what I'm working on. That's great. Mark, how about you, man? Speaking of our left hands, <laughs> I guess I'm working on solos as well. I hear our songs and I hear the songs we play, and sometimes these guys will look at me, Mark, you take one. And in my head, I, he I hear O.T.L. Burbridge just, you know, and out the fingers is just garbage and people start leaving. <laughs> so, um, Mostly us. You're working on Mostly us. <laughs> Mostly us. walk off stage. Yeah. Like, God damn it. Uh, so, so you're working on your soloing. Like bass on. Yeah, it could be better. There's room for improvement. Yeah, always. How about you, Jeff? Now that you had time to think. Oh, I still don't. It's, it's everything, Mike. I mean. I know, I, I know. But, but like, what's something that you overcame in the past that, that you were like, oh, wow, I'm doing that now? Like, what? I mean, like, how did you get over, like, how did you break your speed barrier? Like, because, like, you, you have some speed under your belt. What, how did you get past that? How did you get long, your speed long up? Long story short, when I first started playing, I got taught how to play like All Langston and like all those crappy old songs in the Mel Bay book and whatnot. Mm -hmm. and, and it was boring as hell, but I knew it was something I had to do. And then for a long time, I didn't even think about it. I'd set it down, my guitar down for weeks at a time and not even play. And I never knew what I was doing, where I was going, what the roadmap of the guitar neck was. Um, so going back to UT, I actually learned, okay, this is a C chord, and this is why it's a C chord, and this is what it leads to, and this is a 1-4-5, and I think the biggest thing, I mean, it's, it's everything. You've you got to try and work on everything all the time. Um, I, guess, I guess more note recognition, more fretboard awareness, um, 
the nuances of what chord fits where because I know a lot of inversions and different chord voicings and I know a lot of mapping of the neck and and scales and and you know two notes per string one note per string three notes per string but how does that play in I, I guess the biggest thing I'm working on right now is a lot of people play too much too often and you got to take that what Miles said I mean, I know it's an old saying, and it's probably been beaten on the ground, but it's not what you play, it's the spaces in between mm -hmm. what you play. So I think really, in the past month, I would say, I've really honed in on that. I don't have to strum, I don't have to hit the strings, I don't have to make noise every second of every song. Mm -hmm. I can pick and choose, I can call an answer, I can, you know, put in an accent here, put a little dollop of this and there you know it's it's really just how do you use that guitar as an extension of your thoughts and what you want to say musically mm. which you would think would be a simple thing to do but it's really not it's like learning a different language yeah and you could spend an entire lifetime learning that language yeah and how I think after 20 years I'm finally starting to understand how to make that language work so yeah. you know when you're on stage with different people, which is great, it's phenomenal, it's exhilarating, you know, not knowing what you're going to do or knowing what the song is, what key are we out of, boom, that's the biggest thing. What can I do to manipulate the sounds that are coming out of my fingers and these strings to make it sound good? Not to make myself sound better than anybody else, but to make the song sound good. Mm -hmm. Because it's really about the song. It's not about me or you or anybody else. It's about making that collage of, of sound waves the most pleasing to everybody not just the band but the audience so i hope i answered your question Jesus. <laughs> that was nice <laughs> and with that let do you let, let's do a song you guys want to play a song for us yeah all right cool well let's play a song and then we'll come back and wrap up Got my mind made up, my chips cashed in. I'm pulling all the stops, I'm going for the win. It's my time to shine, it's just as well. It's do or it's die, we give it all hell. It's been too long since I felt free. Give it all the way to chance, let bygones be. Time to stir the pot. train back on track stand up and shout or sit down and pray and clean out your cloud and if you got nothing to say strap on your boots and put on your hair and please make sure not even a question that Rome wasn't built in a day well I understand that but life was made for more than just a hunt Time to react. Hindsight's always 2020. Gotta get this train back on track.
to stand or take it a knee. Take an eye for an eye, if the needs let it be. There's too much to question, there's too much to ask. And if you delve too deep, you'll find the answer in a casket. You can't get past it, got my mind made up, my chips cashed in. I'm pulling all the stops, I'm going for the win. Well, it's my time to shine, it's just as well it's doable.
Awesome guys, thank you so much for the the live performance. That that was the first live performance, by the way, um, since like before the hundredth episode, like uh, since like episode eighty or something. So this is the first live performance since I moved to Toledo that I've had on the podcast. Yeah. So I really appreciate it, guys. Well, and, thanks for having us. And um, fuck it, how can people find you, and how can people find the new album? Three uh, too many or three too many dot rocks. That's T H R E E, the number two M A N Y dot com or dot rocks. You can also find us on all leading social media sites under three too many. Wait, do you guys are are you guys uh, purposely not putting it on Spotify? Song is available for purchase online. However, we have not yet released anything streaming. We're waiting for Taylor. Old farts or whatever it is, but I. You want to make I don't money? see a whole bunch of benefit to it. I mean, there is a benefit to it, but I don't know that the cost is equal. Hmm. No, I, I I see where you're coming from. It, it's just accessibility is really what it is. I, I'm actually about to have Ed McGee on the show. Yeah. And fucking uh, his, none of his music is on Spotify. Or I hate anything. to say that I, I like, looking back now, I, I kind of know how Lars felt. <laughs> and it's like he's kind of he's kind of right, you know. At the time, I no, thought no, what this but, asshole. Yeah, but no, no, but he was, and and then look where it went too. It's also. got even worse. It, yeah, exactly, worse. exactly. Well, that's the fucked up thing about it is that it's it, it it's not like it's gotten better. It's not like it, it's paying out or paying off. It's it's just just trying to make money off of your music now is, is and, and, and so like I'll touring ask, is. Can I ask you a question? Oh, does does exposure that that you would gain from streaming help uh artists such as ourselves or even the projects that you're involved in as much as it does say like a soundcloud rapper um it makes it helps us in the way that our music is accessible to anybody that has like you know that ha- can stream uh, anybody anybody in another country anybody who maybe I don't we don't have hard copies that helps people you know like like for me for for like let's say me and Raina we're able to use that as just sort of um um here's our music now you can hire us to come play your band we don't ever really expect to make money off our music we've kind of abandoned that idea. <laughs> I know, I know, right? We're musicians and we're abandoning the idea of making music, of making money off of the music we create. Uh, I guess, but, oddly enough, I've never really thought about it, like, so people can hear it. That's why you do it. Like, right, never well, really but because, me, but, like, eh, fuck that. but look, like... Campbell's soup don't fucking pay for itself, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, but, like, I brought up Ed McGee because none of his music is accessible right. other than you have to buy a physical copy of it, and then I think he has his old album on, you can download it. I'm saying that it's it's a it's an accessibility thing. Like he's literally mailing me a hard copy of his new album See, because it's not online. That's bad. 
I love it. No, I do. And there's a part of me that's like, this is all wrong, of course. You know what I mean? Like, this is not how it's... It's not going to work. You know, it, it's, it, it's just going to go to shit, too. But it's... Um, Your album is available via smoke signal. <laughs> exactly. I carry your pigeon. <laughs> Morris code me, bitch. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but that's what I'm saying is like, for, for someone in Ohio who's about to interview someone in Vermont... Um, you know, like to be able to hear his music before I talk to him would be fantastic. Right. And um, the only way I could do that is either by a hard copy is or that. Vermont now? Yeah, he was in Colorado now. He's back or New Hampshire, I think. Hmm. Anyways, so so but that's all. That's all it is. Because I think I had the same conversation with um, Andrew um, Ellis. Cause he, cause I think he ended up putting it up there, but but he for a long time didn't want to do it for the same reason. Right. He's like, I make money off my CDs, like I, people buy my music, so why would I just give it away? So people, so what? And, and you, and what's interesting is because I bought their album today, and and I was like, well, why isn't it on Spotify? And, <laughs> and then like I almost got offended that you guys were like. Why don't you just buy the fucking album, bitch? (laughs) That's like, don't fuck that. I pay for a fucking subscription. I'll give you your point zero 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 one fucking cent. Like everybody else that I stream every day. So, So, you know, like, it's funny that, like, I've already... Like I've already I've abandoned the idea so far that I'm getting offended that my friends want me to buy the music that I'm actually a fan of. So it's like it, it's it's You've been programmed, man. Put on well, your sunglasses. It's like they live, man. Obey, yeah. Consume. No, no, and, and it's 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 a it's the direction we're going, and it's it's I don't know like if it's it's obviously wrong in a lot of ways, but like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what else to do other than to be a fucking Luddite and be like, well, fuck the internet. You know, like, and I know that's not what you guys are doing because you guys are, you have a fucking internet presence. But, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the right answer is. I mean... Yeah, I don't know that there is a right... The right answer is yeah. for those companies to pay the musicians. Right. Yeah. Right. If no there's... Doubt. if there's I mean, a, bad line. Well, but then also what a great thing about like SoundCloud and Spotify is that we're taking out the middleman, right? Like, so if you do, if you are, you don't have to go get signed anymore to make a name for yourself, to to make um, money off of your music by extensive touring or whatever it is. Um, You don't need a fucking big label anymore. So Spotify and SoundCloud and Napster. Napster um, actually pays more than which is interesting. Um, they were the first, uh, but you know, like these, this is you know, this is how music is distributed now. So I mean, what the fuck do we do? Oh, well, I mean, obviously you want people to hear your music, but right. you got to get paid for it. I mean, I mean, but, but then they say, then they say like, well, that's what touring's for. No, like, that's, yeah, that's well, what drives up ticket prices. I mean, one of the things that I love about. The Wood Brothers that we were just talking about, because we can go see them, you pay $26 a ticket. I mean, that's fantastic. That's I mean, a great deal to go see a national touring. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time you paid $26 for, for a ticket? Right. To I, see saying, I think it was the Whiplash Bash in 1996. <laughs> exactly. The sports arena. Exactly. The, the old sports arena. <laughs> and I want my money back, Ted. I want it back. You hear but, this? You know, I want it back. 
But you know, you got you guys who just sold your like you're almost out of your first batch, buying a whole another batch of CDs and. And I mean, I don't fucking like. I don't even like. I have a CD player in my car, and that's where I listen to your guys' album while mm-hmm. I'm driving. Around. That's 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 it. Oddly enough, I've had that answer from a bunch of people. They're like, oh, "I want to buy it," and they're like, "Can I get it digitally too?" I'm like, "Yeah, you can buy it digitally." Obviously, you're gonna want a physical copy because then you can hold the artwork in your hands. And, Done by Andrew Ellis, right? Yeah, that fantastic, we can add fantastic, in. fine, yeah. fine artist, and. You know, a lot of people have said, well, yeah, I'm going to get them both, but I only have a CD player in my car. I don't have one in my house anymore. Right. Even I sold one to a friend of mine, and uh, his CD player in his car stopped working. <laughs> and so he's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, you can buy it online. Now you can buy the <laughs> online, buy it online. Bit. <laughs> Have you guys been doing okay with the online thing or better with the hard copies? Better with hard copies just because we haven't been pushing the online oh, yeah. to be... I don't, even, well, know I mean, that, I don't even know that we've announced that it's available online yet. We have it's on the website. website. Yeah, it is. Does it say it's on, on the website? website. Yeah. yeah, okay, well... It has a link to it, in fact, to your iTunes Generally, even, I mean, any of the shows that we play or whenever anybody asks me, the answer is usually, I have one in my car, let me go grab it for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it's, not, it's not a bad way to do it, and, and you know, I'm not sitting here trying to criticize you or tell you you're right or wrong. Oh, well, we're probably horribly wrong, but... I'm well, it's just... Super comfortable being wrong. Yeah. But that's good. yeah. But yeah, but it's a gray area, right? Like fucking God. And, you know, at some point, why not stand against the tide a little bit? Yeah, why not? Okay, guys, I appreciate it so much. Fucking thanks for jamming out and thanks for chatting. And uh, I thank you for uh, devoting your rehearsal time to looking at me for <laughs> an hour and a half. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, thanks for having us, Mike. No problem. Man. Thank you, Mike. All right. Bye. Thank you very much, Asa, Kurt, Josh, Marf. I don't know why they call him Marf, but his name is Marf, and he plays the bass. Uh, Marf the bassist. Uh, <laughs> go to 32bitty.com. Uh, I think they got like 30 different websites, so I think three too many works. Uh, it's three, spell it out, T-H-R-E, wait, T-H-R-E-E, the number two, and then mini, and then dot com. So uh, I'm actually typing it in as well. Yeah, so 3too-mini.com. Go check it out. The new album's awesome. As you heard from Asa, they, they don't really have any intentions in putting it on Spotify, or at least they don't know if they're going to do it yet. Uh, and because they, they're doing well. They're set, they sold out their first batch of CDs, and they're waiting on that second one. I don't blame them. I, I, I get it. It's like if you're selling these hard copies and making your money back, it's like, why would you want to put it up online for people to just who have come to expect that your music is on Spotify for me to stream for basically free? Anyways, 3too-many.com. Go to randommystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E. I said that really fast, so good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, what else do we got? Oh, modedstudios.com. Go check out the new Baby Yoda beanie. It's flying off the shelf. So it's flying on the shelf, flying off the shelf so much that I'm told by the owner, Caleb, that he he's has to buy a second 
embroidery machine. So, I mean, yeah. Congratulations. I, I'm just going to go ahead and take credit for that, that all, all of uh, all of... <laughs> All of my uh, ads that I've been doing has been directing all that traffic to Baby Yoda. So I'll go ahead and take credit for that. You're welcome, Caleb. Modestudios.com. M-O-D-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com. You can also go check out WeSpeakEnglishGood.com. Write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and check out those uh, those tutorials I've been raving about. Also, if you want to just get to know me as a person, that's where you go. Go to at WeSpeakEnglishGood on Instagram. Um, other than that, oh yeah, Raina and I will be performing in Adrian, Michigan this Saturday. Today is Wednesday the 11th, so whatever day Saturday is. So today is Wednesday, uh, December 11th, 2019, whatever the Saturday is coming up. I'm not going to do the math because I'm talking to you. Okay, so that that's it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, I'm not sure who the guest is going to be because there's several guests scheduled. And so whoever comes through first. <laughs> so be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. Happy holidays. Oh, okay. All right. I'm out. Bye. Fresh.